we want this to be not only women, we want this to be the allies in the space because yes. what Eric and I have seen is that when change happens in this industry, it happens collectively. Reputation is everything. We've all heard it and we all believe it. Be it building and monitoring your online reputation or measuring your resident satisfaction in real time, we all know how important that is. The truth is we spend too much time asking for reviews, responding to reviews, surveying our residents and analyzing those surveys. This is all important, but there needs to be an easier way to manage it all. And in student housing, sometimes there just needs to be an automatic way of managing it, like during turn or for move-in day. Well, there is one platform out there that does just that. It's called Opinion. Opinion integrates with your property management software to automatically ask residents for reviews so you can get real-time feedback. It also works to generate more positive online reviews and ratings completely in the background without you ever having to push out an email or a text message. You can build surveys that are automatically sent out based on certain events within a tenant's lease cycle or an ad hoc community-wide survey. And it's working behind the scenes to analyze all of that feedback and present it to you in a way that you can quickly understand your property's resident satisfaction level and get insight into your team's performance. Listen, there are a lot of platforms and applications that can help you monitor and respond to your online reputation. Some will even help you generate more reviews, but Opinion allows you to do it hands-free and brings you the feedback you need in order to take meaningful action. So let Opinion do the heavy lifting and give your team more time to focus on your tenants. For more information, click on the link in the show notes or go to Opinion, which is spelled with three I's, O-P-I-N-I-I-O-N.com forward slash S-H-I. Again, that's Opinion.com forward slash S-H-I. Go there today and get a special promotion for our audience members. Welcome to the Student Housing Insight Podcast, where we are putting you in touch with the people who bring student housing to life. I'm your host, Wesley Dees, and joining me today is our wonderful co-host, Greta Dare. Greta. Hello. Love those intros. Well, you know, I I just feel like whenever you're here helping me co-host, that things just go much more smooth. (laughs) Oh I my goodness! I get, I get excited about it. I got it. <laughs> um, that's a, for those in the audience. That's a complete lie. I'm being completely. <laughs> things don't go smooth when Greta's here because we get off on tangents and we, we get do off. get off on tangents. Like, why are you trying to? Like, we end up sitting here for hours, hours. Yeah, yeah we'll have to. This is actually the second time we've started recording this intro. <laughs> I think people need to also realize, like, we always talk about how the the podcasts are too long. If you guys have any idea how long we sit here and we have these conversations and then the level of conversation that doesn't get recorded, you have you have no idea. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) There's a lot of tape on the floor. Um, I don't I don't know if millennials may not actually get that, but. (laughs) 
What? <laughs> it used to be when you edit things that it actually ended up, that tape ended up on the floor or that part of the tape. So. I feel like maybe there's some Gen Zers that, every, you know what? Everybody's going to get that reference. Everyone. Okay. All right. Hopefully. Oh my goodness. But no, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. This is, I, I guess this is kind of the year end. Yeah, I guess this is kind of the year end podcast episode. We've got some other episodes that are coming out before the end of the end of the year, but this is like the last one with certainly with you and I talking together. And so, yeah, I wanted to spend this time just kind of talking a little bit about, you know, what's, what happened in 2022 with student housing, specifically here in the U.S. And then also we've got a interview with uh, two founders that we were able to do live as well. We did it at least con turn con. It was so fun. Yeah, I guess this is kind of our year end episode because this is going to be probably the last time you and I at least talk on a microphone with each other <laughs> before the end of the year. We haven't released anything this month yet in, in December, but there's going to be like three episodes that come out in the next two weeks. At least Con Turn Con just kind of put a big hold on some things I was working on. So yeah, there was that. But yeah, that was the other thing. Least Con Turn Con. We finally got to see each other in our our own city. <laughs> we typically don't see each other until we until we go off to a conference, and uh, it's always the the big joke. Wes and I, for anyone who's new to this conversation, Wes and I live in within forty five minutes to each other, and yet the only time we ever see each other is at conferences because that's just how cool we are. Yeah, it's good stuff. Or when we're recording, and Wes is the only one with his camera on, and so I look at him, and he stares at a blade or a black screen. Of not my face. Exactly. Which, but, which is beautifully awkward. And I enjoy putting that on you because <laughs> it amuses me. You're welcome. But yeah, let, let's give a little bit of a recap for Least Con Turn Con. I thought it went fantastic. Thanks to all of those that came out and supported the conference. This is not something that Student Housing Insight, we don't produce it. We have certainly promoted it because we think it's very important for the industry to have this conference. And it was, uh, the folks at Interface Conference Group did not disappoint. They did a It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I hope they continue to, to have it in Charlotte. Each year, this thing has grown. This year, it was... Last time I saw the attendee list, it was like 220 attendees, over 220. And I think that was probably maybe 40 or 50 more than what we had, at least at the conference last year. They did have a, a hybrid streaming option last year that probably maybe made it a little bit bigger, but it's good to see everybody supporting this conference. Yeah, I was going to say, I could have sworn it was the numbers were higher last year, much higher than that. But then this year, it had to have been higher just based off of the number of people were, that were there. But either way, I mean, just the people that were there were incredible. And I meant that when I posted that on LinkedIn, like it just, it's, it is, and I say this every single time, it feels different. It's so great. The content is incredible. I love LeaseCon TurnCon. I really do. Yeah, I think my favorite thing with it is there were a lot of companies this year that we would call them regional operators or mom and pops, a lot of scattered site operators. And they just, they bring a whole nother element to, to a conference because it's not the typical PBSA, here's how we manage a property. Like 
they are dealing with things that most folks that are in student housing don't deal with. And so being able to get some of that feedback on how they're solving issues specific for their operating model was fantastic. I, that that was the part I really I really liked about it. Or in some cases, getting to learn how well they're doing it. I had um, how much better they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I had some people that I spoke to that just exceptionally, and that was one of the things that I was talking about. I'm like, you know, there there were some companies that I've worked for myself that were smaller companies, and I'm like that's some of that experience is can be some of the best that you have because regardless of your position you get to have this huge impact on some really incredible like higher up type things and you know i was like in some levels at least everyone has to be careful from the top you know down and you know bottom up whatever the case is to not take advantage of people that you're not necessarily paying upper management salaries to but the really great part is is you know having impact on branding or marketing plans like on a greater scheme than you would normally as like a leasing manager or something like that and i love being able to see that kind of stuff happening and then seeing it done so exceptionally well like in regards to market research and things like that where it's just people really getting it and really being exceptional at it and really being passionate about it you know i love the passion it makes me so happy The other thing that was much different this year, we've had such of a a stellar kickoff to the leasing season. And that's for a lot of people that's got them really excited. They felt like they could go to a conference in December and not be concerned about their staff back at their property. And especially on the sixth and seventh, like most universities were finishing up exams at that point in time. And so that's, that's a little tough for a manager to, especially at the site level to walk away for a couple of days, you know, in order to go to a conference. But I think this year people felt more confident about being able to do that, that everything was going to be taken care of. So I think that probably led a little bit to the increase. And yeah, I'd love to hear from the audience, like email me, send me a a DM on LinkedIn or Instagram. I would really like to find out when, as far as your concern in your position, when is the best time to have a conference that you could attend? Because we're looking at a couple of different options. They actually put that interface, made that part of the survey this year. And as far as the follow-up survey after the event, and that's one of the things that they're looking for, but they still kind of kept it in the fall. I, I don't know if fall is the best time or not, you know. Well, but then also that survey is still only going out to the people who attended. So for those people that didn't get to attend or those people who saw the date and whatever the case may be, you know, if you have feedback on when would work best for you, your teams, things like that, like we have to hear from you in order to figure out when that best time is. Is it earlier in November? Is it later in November? Is there a time that people do feel would be better? Is the first week in December really, does it just feel impossible or did you feel like it's just right? Because the more data, as we all know, data wins, the more data that we have to pull from it, then the better these types of decisions are made. So absolutely, please, 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 however you can reach out, reach out and give that feedback. All feedback is welcome and necessary because it just adds to that information information. Yeah. So one of the things that we got to do while we were there was um, meet a couple of the founders of the W Collective. 
Erica White and uh, Whitney Kidd, who happen to both be, you know, they've got roots in Charlotte. Whitney lives here and Erica grew up not too far from Charlotte. So it was kind of a homecoming for Erica in a lot of ways. But um, we got to, I was supposed to actually do this interview at NMHC down in Miami, but of course that got canceled because of the hurricane. So we picked everything back up and said, okay, let's do it at LeaseCon TurnCon. And I can't wait to play that for the audience because what's happened in the past year and the way that this group has already made a big impact to the industry. I'm excited to talk about that and let them kind of you know give the behind the scenes look at some of that. But before we jump into that, this being kind of the year end episode, <laughs> I feel like we just need to go back a little bit and do a year end review kind of thing that you see other podcasts and TV shows doing. So I mean, it's everywhere. The the year end wrap up. So you see like the lists everywhere. So yeah, this year in student housing, bum bum bum, top five. <laughs> so at the top of that list, I've got to say it's on the transaction side and biggest transaction to date that I'm aware of was Blackstone acquiring ACC. That was a big one. It was, was it was a big, big one. one. You know, it's the it's the largest um, student housing company really in the world, and it was the last public REIT for student housing. I don't know why it makes like I know this is such a good thing. I'm so sorry. It is for so many reasons, and I'm so excited to see all the creativity and innovation that comes out of ACC and the freedom that this is going to afford them. But for some reason, every time I think about the fact that we no longer have a student housing company that's public anymore. I have no idea why, but it's like it it makes me kind of sad and I, I don't even have an explanation for it. I really well, don't. Yeah. I mean, the simple reason why is because it's easier to get equity and, and capital from these private groups now, like a Blackstone. Yeah. From a public sector side, that's just it's not there right now. And does it come back? I, who knows? And, um, but I'm sure if it does, there will be some companies that will certainly go for their IPO and, and go that route again. But yeah, that that's a big one. And it's, you know, from everybody I'm talking to right now, I think there was a lot of concern as to what that was going to look like for uh, for ACC and if they were going to lose any of their culture out of it or anything like that. I, I've never worked for ACC. I, they're not heavily involved with what we're doing at Student Housing Insight. There's a, a couple of key players who have um, contributed to content. But, you know, for the most part, and a lot of this just because they're public. And it's, I was going to say it's because they can't. <laughs> yeah. And, and I will say ever since April, May timeframe, once this was announced, they felt a little bit more free to you know be involved in things. So I think that's that's fantastic. But, yeah, I mean, from everything I'm hearing, Blackstone's kind of like, hey, ACC was a success without us. We just want to make them more successful w- with our resources and let them run their own ship. I may be completely wrong about that, but that's that's at least what I'm observing and kind of hearing from a lot of people right now. So, no, I think I really honestly, and I don't, I know we won't want to stay on the subject forever, but the way that I perceive it, the way that I view it is that's exactly what it is, is that this really kind of unbinds 
their hands in a lot of ways. And I think that they had gotten to the point where obviously there's a lot of things that they couldn't say, a lot of things they couldn't participate in. But then also, again, there's a lot of things that had to be stifled. And this gives them the opportunity to expand into areas, like I said, of innovation, of creativity, of purchasing, of developing, of doing things that they couldn't potentially do before that now they can. And it's I'm, that's why I'm so excited about it because I think that there are some incredible, incredible people at that company and some that I absolutely love and adore and for the love of God admire so much. And I am very, very excited to see where this goes. Well, I think next on the list probably has a little bit more to do with uh, the entire industry and especially the flagship schools, but the image that is seared in my mind is the University of Tennessee at Knoxville and opening day of the pre-leasing season and all the stories that came out about kids having to sit on sidewalks, camp out on sidewalks to basically get in line and uh, and sign their leases for fall 23. So I'll let you talk a little bit about that because I know you're passionate about it. Yeah, that one, like I said, and I, you know, I kind of spoke to that before where it's, we all kind of in, especially when you're on the marketing and leasing side, you know, the dream is to have everybody lined up on opening day of leasing. And, you know, you try to figure out how you can have this viral marketing campaign that gets everybody to sign so many leases on opening day. And when you release tier one pricing, all of those things, and that, that is the dream. And I think that what we this was the antithesis of what we want right this was not what we wanted and so i did i you know it was like i feel I felt for the companies that it negatively impacted. I felt for the students that it negatively impacted. I, you know, I felt for a lot of people because this was, while obviously it, it created success for a lot of people in that market. Obviously, you and I have worked in that market. We were, were we, blood, sweat, tears, many tears <laughs> in that market. That part is never the dream because it's you don't. We're here to serve the community. We're here. We are here at the pleasure of the the communities that which we serve and knowing that our community is actually physically out on the sidewalks and potentially in danger is the opposite of what we're here to do and so it's it's almost like here's here's where that that line is supposed to end and it ended up on the other side of it and so i don't expect that that's going to happen next year but it was that was a crazy incident for sure I got a shout out to somebody you and I both have worked with in the past, but Christy Merritt at Clemson University. She's working with campus apartments at, I hope I don't get the name of the property wrong, 114 Earl. And she's just done a fantastic job on that property. But I was talking to her because she'd actually, she had received, we were doing this whole thing. If you follow us on, on LinkedIn and Instagram, you probably saw it, but Interface you know, they wanted to recognize some of the property managers in the local markets around Charlotte and award them with, uh, you know, free registration, which is about 500, 600 bucks in value um, to go to the conference. And so uh, we talked about it and I said, Hey, we'll, you know, we'll do this whole thing. We'll pull the numbers from college house. And so we did one at Columbia. We did one at UNC Charlotte, did one at Clemson. 
Christy is, you know, obviously in the Clemson market and she was the one that won it. She's the hundred percent pre-lease for next year. And when is Christy things- not a hundred percent pre-leased? By the way, is, you know, Christy is like one of the hardest working people, like dedicated people that I, you will just like potentially encounter, but continue. Yeah. Yeah. No, she really is. And anyway, we were talking, she called me back up to let me know that her assistant manager had already asked off for those same dates and she wasn't going to be able to attend, but we were just catching up and, you know, I was really kind of asking how, how did everything happen so fast? And if she had this issue with kids sleeping on the, on the sidewalk (laughs) and she actually used a VIP program, which you and I have all, you know, we've all done like a VIP program, but it's really just to try to make people feel special. It wasn't necessarily to make additional revenue. She charged, I don't, I don't remember how much it was. I think it was like $300 for oh. folks to, you know, that didn't want to have to deal with that, that were basically able to, I don't know, come in a week or two prior to broadcasting the the rates out and saying, okay, we're open for, for fall 23 leasing. They got a sneak peek into it like a week in advance. And she, I, I don't remember the exact number. I think it was like 36000 almost 40,000 that she was able to, to raise an ancillary revenue from that, which I just, I, I literally wanted to cry when she told me because I was just, like, she, it was, it wasn't in her budget. It wasn't, it was just something that she said, Hey, I think I can do this. And sure enough, she was able to do it. I think that's, that's fantastic. And it not only did it create more revenue for her property, Created but, a bonus for Christy. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned to uh, someone else at Campus Apartments at the executive level. I said, "Yeah, I hope she gets a good bonus after that." No kidding. <laughs> okay. Anyway, outside of doing that, that also kind of relieved some of that pressure of people just wanting to get in line early. I gave them a, the ability to do that. Obviously, they had to pay for it, but it you know it was something that. I think controlled that situation better. So if you're out there in one of those top tier markets that's dealing with that, maybe that's an option. Or something similar. Yeah. Just like thinking of something creative that also apparently could potentially create some ancillary income. Cause you know, ancillary income is something I feel very passionately about. Especially these days. Yeah. So uh, the third thing on the list is, you know, something we've already talked about, which was the launch of the W collective. Uh, for those that don't know, it's or W collective, depending on where you're out in the country and how you say that letter. All right. <laughs> fair, fair. So the W collective, the W collective, W, w collective. Um, <laughs> so anyway, for those that don't know, the W collective is a women's networking group within student housing. And I wouldn't just call it a networking group. It's a support. It is a support group as well. And I just, the impact that they've had on the industry. Uh, and we'll get into this with the interview. I'm not going to spoil any of that right now. Cause I think it's important that you hear kind of the behind the scenes version of it from Whitney and Erica, but it's uh, not only has it been something that has really kind of, brought a lot of women together within the industry. It's also impacted a lot of policy that we're seeing within the companies. And I think that is fantastic. I think the other thing that I'm really appreciative of, I mean, because 
look at these conferences, I would say probably for the last eight or 10 years, specifically at Interface, and I think at NMHC as well, there's been a, you know, kind of a women's pre-session or whatever that, that has happened. I've always looked at it as something that it was just for women. Like I didn't belong in that group. Right. So I didn't need to be there. Um, and you know, it was always kind of one of those things of wonder what they're talking about, you know, but, uh, the W collective has been very, very open and, you know, wanting to make sure that they're bringing in allies and, and folks that want to support the group and, that's so important because we got to really hear back in May about a lot of things when it came to reproductive health and, uh, you know, Tom, that people needed for maternity leave and that type of thing. And I just, I thought it was fantastic and it made an immediate impact um, that we'll talk about a little bit later, but what's next on the list for you? So that's actually, it's funny because one of the things that I was thinking about while you said that was one of the things that came up at the W Collective panel was something that also came up in coming in at number three, Shop Talk. Um, and so and by the way, we're on number four, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not. Oh, God, it is number four. I was like, I don't know what number we're on. <laughs> Um, so no, it's, well, I guess I'll introduce shop talk first and then I'll bounce back to what it was that came up because I loved the, the intersection between these two things. So shop talk launched this year and technically it kind of got rebranded into and kind of compiled into something different for something that already previously existed was born out of the pandemic with executives from the really kind of all the top companies or largest companies that exist within our industry. And in the way that this industry is, which is something that I love and adore about it, is that everybody kind of got together and was like, how do we have all this stuff going on? How do we help each other and resolve some, you know, the things that everyone is dealing with and facing? And then it was eventually kind of came to reaching out to you and saying, okay, we want to be able to launch this into the broader audience of all the rest of the industry and make it so that everyone can kind of be impacted by this overall. And so it was kind of repackaged, restructured. We did the website and now it's a monthly call. The last call was just done last week, but it's a monthly call. You can find out more information about it and it goes through the full history, all questions answered. You can sign up to receive monthly reminders on when that call is. You can see past recordings, all of that information on shoptalk.info. There's a chat within every single call. There's multiple subjects that impact the entire industry every single week. There's a leadership panel from executives in within our industry, but I absolutely love and adore it. And the main reason is that it speaks to the way that this industry comes together and helps each other out, which is something that I think is truly incredible. And the last month's call, one of the things that came up because one of the topics that was being covered was regarding recruiting. And one of the topics that came up towards the end of the call, and it was going on for so long that we actually ran over the call time, was regarding childcare. And it was because of the fact of, you know, how are we incentivizing people to come to these companies? And it's really that even if there's childcare within the main corporate offices, 
businesses, we've got to remember that the majority of our industry is spread out all over the country for our on-site teams. And so how is this something that we can address all throughout the country and overall. So this came up again at LeaseCon with the W Collective as a part of the panel there. And so the thing that I appreciated and loved is that not only was it brought up during the panel, but then Whitney, when she reposted about it and said, you know, put it at the top of her list and was like, this is the next item that really needs to be addressed. And it really does, because this is something that deeply, deeply impacts parents, not just women, but parents in general across the board and every industry needs to take a look at it and say, how is this something or how can we address this? And there are ways. There's been a lot of ideas that have been brought to the board or brought to the table and said, these are the different ways that this can take front seat and focus because people are parents and we can't just keep pretending like that's not a thing and it needs to be brought up. And so it's something that was brought up on Shop Talk. It was something that was further brought up on the W Collective. And so I loved that. Yeah, I, Shop Talk has been it's been fantastic, uh, and thank you so much to specifically to Chris Richards and Miles Worth for allowing Student Housing Insight the opportunity to produce it. And I really do look at that as an opportunity, a privilege. Yeah, yeah for for multiple reasons, but um, it's the, the thing that I'm getting the most out of it. And each month it's getting a larger crowd and a larger crowd that's tuning in for it. But it is one of those things where I feel like, and thank you to all the people that got involved early because there were a lot of technical things. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even told you this. I don't know who sent it to me, but someone sent me a hoodie. I should have worn it today on the front. It says you're on mute. (laughs) 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 I have no idea who sent it to me. I am trying. To That's play. so valid. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. I, I don't know if the person that ordered it didn't. I don't know why. I don't know who sent this to me. I don't know who you are, but I would like you at some point, if you ever see me, to please. I just want to shake your hand and I want to be friends <laughs> with you. If you're listening, I want to be friends with you. Yeah, there were there were a couple episodes. I think I was one or two minutes in before you know, <laughs> I was texting you like, ferociously. You're on mute, so I, I think we finally got over um, <laughs> those kind of technical issues, and now we're in a rhythm. And I really, I'm excited about the content that we're putting out. So, uh, thanks for that opportunity. So fifth on the list, and, and there's, there's so many of these like kind of social impact things, because any normal year, I don't know that I would have talked about things like W Collective and this next topic, uh, which is the launch back in May of the College Student Mental Wellness Advocacy Coalition. It is a mouthful, that's for sure, but it is exactly what it says it is. But that was launched back in May at Interface. Uh, Bill Bayless at ACC actually kind of gave the announcement. You and I were kind of aware of it beforehand mm-hmm. as we were helping some of the members, you know, put together email lists and, and that type of thing. So we knew it was coming, but we didn't know all the details. And when the details came out about what was happening, I was really just shocked and excited about what potential doors that could open and and just provide for the students that we're serving as well as the associates that are in touch with those college students on a, on a daily and weekly basis. 
And they kind of the one thing that they wanted, you know, that was a main objective was actually doing a survey. And so I think there was, I want to say it was like a million and a half students that the survey was sent to. But on December Shop Talk, we did get an update from Richie Lasik uh, with Core Spaces, and and he's part of one of the advisors or board of directors for the coalition. And I think he said 22,000 responses were, were gathered from that. And the thing about it, and I didn't get it, he didn't give a lot of details, but he mentioned that this is kind of the first time that students that aren't living on campus have been surveyed. and everybody that is working with the coalition from the Jed Foundation and the Hi, How Are You Foundation, there were some good answers that are some answers, trending answers that they saw with this survey that they'd never seen before. And so it's really given some kind of clarification and direction as to those of us in the off-campus world, how we need to respond to things. So I'm looking forward to some great things that are coming out of that. So yeah, that was number five. I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say that we've all recognized that this is something that we've all been impacted by in some manner or another. And I know that when I knew that it was something, because every, you know, we all have different res life programs. We all have, do, may have made our best efforts over the years to try and be there for our residents and have those touch points and have those resources. But again, knowing that our industry is coming together, especially during a period of time when mental health is so... It can be one of the bleakest. And so knowing that we are working together to do our best about this is meaningful and impactful and very important and um, life-saving. Yeah, that that last point, it's life-saving and um, gives us reasons for waking up in the morning for sure and doing what we do. And, um, yeah, and that, that was the top five. Obviously, the coalition was number five. By no means was that. This list was in no particular order. Yeah, yeah, it was in no particular order. And But it, it was the thing that I wanted to kind of end on before jumping to this, to this interview with Eric and Whitney, because I do think it's probably the most impactful thing that the industry has done. And I think it's going to impact folks for a very, very long time. So excited that that launched this year and can't wait to see what you know, what kind of contribution that ends up making. Yeah. We'll go ahead and, and jump to this interview. Again, this was done live at LeaseCon TurnCon. And, and I love doing these live interviews because you're able to gather around table, see everybody's face and really, really connect. And so tried to get this done at NMHC back in September, but <laughs> the, the hurricane, which one was that? Ian, I think. Nicole it stopped us from being able to have that conference. So we said, Hey, let's just put it on halt. Let's do it for, for LeaseCon TurnCon. And I'm glad we did because it's led to a really great conversation about being in the same room with each other that I don't think necessarily would have happened if we were, you know, doing it remotely. So, well, I will come back in the outro and we'll talk about a couple of things coming up in January. All right, guys, enjoy this interview. We 
We are finally live from LeaseCon in Charlotte. Greta, thanks for joining me. It's good to see your face this time versus having to talk to you over over the internet. I know. You actually, actually do exist. I do exist. I feel like I need to give you one of those one of those things where you have to pick out which squares have the traffic light in it so that I know that you're actually here and this isn't a fake. Oh, I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about right now? Oh, I am a human. Got it. I'm not, I'm not a robot. Yes, I am here. So we're being joined today by two lovely ladies that I've known throughout my career. And I'm just completely excited about what they are doing. And I've got them here talking about the W Collective today. So amazing. So exciting. Yay. So Erica and Whitney, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little, about, a little bit about where you're at career-wise right now. Hello, everyone. I'm Erica White, and I'm the VP of Business Systems at CA Student Living. I'm officially celebrating 15 years in the industry in two months, so it's it's been a while. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Hey, everybody. My name is Whitney Kidd. I am Senior Vice President of Innovation and Technology for The Price Company uh, and co-founder and passive partner at RoverScore. Uh, similar to Erica, I am I am nearing 16 years in the industry, but I grew up in this space. So I was collecting rent checks at five years old, and I really love student housing, if you can't already tell, but really excited to be here with you guys today. Well, guys, I guess it was May. Yeah, it was back in May at Interface. Actually, it was a few months prior to that, maybe a couple weeks. Whitney, you and I had lunch you were asking if I was going to be the interface that you had a big announcement. And I'm like, what? Oh, can you not just tell me? <laughs> and and you, you kept me on pins and needles. And then I see this announcement about the W collective. And I've just been amazed at what you guys have been able to put together. But for those in the audience who have no clue what I'm talking about, when I say W collective, give us some background. Sure. And I'm going to have Erica go through. So I'll tell you a little bit about the story of how we came about. So I got a call from Erica uh, a couple months before Interface, and she said, we need to come together. We need to come together as women and, and really propel what we're doing in the industry forward and, and make the experiences for other women in our space as streamlined and as smooth and as empowering as we can. And I just immediately gravitated and said, yes, let's uh, hop in. Let's get started. And I'll give Erica the mic here just to talk about kind of what the W Collective is because she was definitely the spearhead of what we're doing today and uh, very proud to be a partner with her and a board member with her. So Erica, uh, if you want to tell everybody a little bit about the W Collective. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Whitney. I could not have just done any of this without you. So just thank you so much for all that you've contributed thus far and, and what we will continue to do. But for those that don't know, the W Collective serves as a year-round resource and networking forum for women leaders that do work in student housing. So during that, it's going to allow us to really promote and identify and just educate the next generation of women leaders. And one thing that's important to note is it's not company specific. And we really wanted to make sure that we were inclusive all across the board and really leverage not only just our industry leaders, but just our allies all across the board. We're looking to solve for diversity in terms, not only just in appearance, but just in thought. And so we wanted the entire industry to come together to offer robust collection of content virtually in person at conferences like this. So really excited to unlock a lot of peer access to prominent experts in our industry through this collective. It's going to be awesome. When we were at Interface, I mean, there was a panel, I think, of eight women that were on the stage. And 
most of you guys were kind of my generation or younger. <laughs> and then there was a group of industry veterans that were all women that were kind of sitting off to the right of the stage that also had microphones in front of them. And talk a little bit about that experience because there was this dialogue going between the two of you guys that I think for anybody else in the room, it was pretty magnificent and almost like a baton being passed in a lot of ways. So talk about that a little bit. Sure. So what we did for Interface specifically is we gathered a, a group of board of advisors. And so that's Erica, myself, Ashley Poyer, uh, Jasmine Harris, and a few others, and somewhat of emerging leaders. And we also, we couldn't do anything that we're doing without the women who've paved the way. That is extremely important to what we do. And so we have strategic advisors as well. And those are women that have come up in, in a different time and have had to face different obstacles and have really taught us how we can pave our way in the industry and within our career path. So within the W Collective, we have strategic advisors and board members, and it's really important that we're learning from our strategic advisors as often as we can. So during that session, as you mentioned, Wes, it was so powerful. We were able to really talk to them and they were asking us questions around what does the next generation look like for women? What do we do to accelerate the way that women come into the space and make sure that when we look at the executive list in the next 10 to 12 years, what is that going to look like? How do we encourage more women to become and evolve into that C-suite? So it's been a really amazing experience to have that collaboration of emerging leaders and leaders that have, have really done a great job over the years and, and faced things that we never faced in our careers. And they're fantastic. And that's Donna Price. That's Julie Bonin. We had Laura from Micah. We Chris had Richards. Chris Richards. Absolutely. Uh, Beth Pender. I mean, they have just been amazing in this industry. We all know that. We've been in this space for a long time. And their guidance has really helped us create this amazing collective of women where we can learn from each other, which has been fantastic. And to add to that, when we approached them and just like shot our idea, they were immediately on board and they had so much to offer. And like you said, in terms of guidance and what we were trying to solve for and just really harness that power, they were wonderful and they continue to be such a strategic partner for us yeah. and, and what we continue to do. Absolutely. So we talked about you guys, you know, coming together and pitching this idea to each other. But I'm curious from, in regards to your backgrounds, maybe you can give a little bit of insight into that and kind of what led to you guys really thinking about this is something that the industry needs. Yeah, so I started similar to Erica. Really funny story. So Erica and I have known each other for a couple of years. And what we didn't know is we actually worked at the same exact community in Greenville, North Carolina. We were ECU Pirates, so we'll give a go Pirates on this one. And we worked at the same community and didn't know each other. So we were part-timers and we kind of did different roles. I was marketing and she was doing some other items. And through the W Collective, we found that we actually came from the same place. And there's some other terrific women, the women that came from that property as well, which is pretty we also fantastic. have like the same major in college we too, did. which was crazy. Like, oh, that is crazy. Which has nothing to do with the space that we're in today. So where I came from, again, we started at the community. Uh, my family business is in the space of student housing. We owned a few assets. And so I've done this most of my career. And it's something I promised myself always is that I was not going to end up in student housing. <laughs> and <All done>. when, <laughs> right? I know. Totally fulfilled that promise. But once I got into the space as an adult, it was an entirely different experience. Once you view the corporate perspective of 
what things can be done in student housing. It was really impressive. And so I fell in love instantly. It's, I think it's in my blood. I don't think I can escape it. And so I've worked in the property management side, and then I moved over to the supplier side, and I was a supplier for most of my career. And now I'm back. I'm back to the, the owner-operator side with the price company, which is super fulfilling. So I have been in this space a long time, and I think, you know, I always encourage everybody, women, men, anybody in the space, find your passion. I found my passion in student housing. And so I'm committed for the rest of my career to make sure that we're advancing the space forward. And uh, I think Erica has a similar story as well. Absolutely. So to Whitney's point, we definitely were at the same property, which is so crazy to admit. And and when I started in this industry, I don't even know if I had a title. You know, Wes, our paths have been pretty integrated since the start. You've known me since I was... When you were a CA. I was a <laughs> in CA Greenville. Green I was a regional I, manager. Yeah, I, I had literally cleaned the office. I joke all the time. I, I cleaned the office and I did the mail and I crushed it. Um, <laughs> and then went on to leasing, went into the leasing manager role. And then I went into property manager in the student side. And like Whitney said, I don't think I could escape it. I did go into multifamily for a few years as a property manager and then came to the consulting side where I really got a 30,000 square foot view of just senior living. I got to experience military housing. I got to experience multifamily and and student housing just kept being such a passion for me and called me back. So here I am with CA Student Living. And one thing that really was an encouraging factor behind starting the W Collective and something that I was so proud of is I am the only woman on a tech and innovation team. You're leading a Similar with me. Yes. So I was really excited and honestly really encouraged. When I came into my role, I wanted to not only be heard, but I wanted to be trusted. And I thought, how can we pave that way for other women in similar roles? And I was really lucky to have an encouraging leader. Some of you may know Mark Zikra. He is a phenomenal prop tech luminary. And he was just someone who really poured into me and really encouraged me to take that step. So I have to give a little credit to him. He was, you know, definitely encouraged me along the way to make sure, you know, that we, you know, forge this path for other women. I'm sorry. You, you mentioned Mark, and I just went. <laughs> I know, <I'm laughs> my like, mind went back to the last <laughs> conversation that I had with Mark. So, anyway, congrats, Mark. Let's talk a little bit about the W Collective and what's on tap for the next six to twelve months. I asked you guys as we were setting up. Hey guys, is the website up yet? Because I knew that was something that was coming up. So, just for those that are thinking about where this is headed over the next year, uh, give them some insight into that. Absolutely. So first and foremost, I want to call out, and we're going to talk about it at LeaseCon today, but some of the success that we've had with the W Collective. Again, we brought this together a few months before Interface this year, and we're able to make tremendous strides. So Eight months. Eight months. Not even a year, which is crazy it's to incredible. think about. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And we'll talk about it today on the panel, but I do want to give a shout out. Within that time frame, we have seen 10 of the top 25 student operators change or modify their family leave and infertility policies yeah. following Interface. And that has just been something that is probably will and always be the most rewarding part of my career. And quickly, you, that was a huge thing that happened very quickly after you guys did that call out. It was within six weeks. It was. It was. It was was huge. For those that were not in the room, there was either, there was not a draw or it was one or the other. You were either cheering or you were almost in tears after (laughs) Whitney kind of gave her background on on that journey. And yeah, literally within weeks after that, you started hearing everybody make announcements. So that's been very impactful. And for those who weren't in the room, there was a, a jump to your feet standing ovation, rightfully so, just for that. Yeah, and so yeah. 
you damn right that <laughs> it was a quick movement that should have been saw in this industry for everything that came afterwards. Please continue. Yes, ma'am. No, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think Eric and I both had no idea on the board that we worked with and our strategic advisors that there would be this type of adoption and, and really excitement around what we're doing in the W Collective and that our voices would be heard and implemented so quickly. And that has been extremely rewarding. So I just want to give a shout out there to a, all the companies that have made changes around family leave and infertility coverage. But B, also just for us of, of taking that brave step to, to say the things that we need as women in business and yeah. make the path better for, for women in the future. I think during that panel, I talked about how I want my daughter's reality to be my history, right? I, d I want things to be different when she comes into her career, whether it be student housing, hint, hint, I wish, I hope, <laughs> or whatever she chooses to do. And I think that's how we all feel about our future generation. But when we look at kind of next six to 12 months with the W Collective West, you mentioned the website. So that should be launched around year end. Latest, I think, would be January of 23. And we're really excited about that. With the website, you're going to have a chance to A, interact with the W Collective. And B, most important to us, we're going to be launching a mentor program. So if you're someone in the cool. space, no matter who you are, if you're a supplier, if you're an owner operator, if you're a CA like Erica and I were, you can connect with people like Chris Richards and Donna and Erica and myself and all of these fantastic women that have really pave the way in the space and, and just have a conversation, right? Uh, to establish that mentorship program. So that'll be a big thing that's coming with the website is that ability. The next thing that we are ultra excited about is going to be a scholarship. So we cannot do anything that we're doing without the support of the Interface Conference Group. They have been just an amazing ally to us through this process. And so for next year in 23, we're going to be launching a scholarship for women to come to Interface and not only come and attend Interface, but also speak on the W Collective well, panel. That's fantastic. Yeah, Cold chills. Love that. Love it. Cold <laughs> chills as well. So we want to, you know, again, establishing that next generation. So more information will be coming out around the scholarship that'll be uh, sponsored by one of our supplier partners around, you know, the first of the year. So people will be able to, you know, input why they're excited about it and why they want that next experience in their, their career journey. So a lot coming there. Now that's, that's fantastic. Cause it's, I tell people, I get asked all the time, what, what conference should I go to? And for folks that are at the site level, even regional managers, Interface is not something you need to go to every single year until you get into a business development role or something like that. But just so you can see the industry kind of as a whole and understand what's beyond the site level and what really gets the gears working within student housing, you've got to go and experience it at least once. And folks that I've seen do that either at a general manager position or shortly thereafter, those folks are a lot of them are leading our industry today. So I think that's that's a huge perspective to have. It's a huge opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. So we always talked about like one of the best things is if you're ever lucky to do something well, send that elevator back down. And we were just coming together and thinking, you know, how can we give that opportunity? How can we extend it? And this was like an easy, easy thought for us that we were like, we want to make sure to give that opportunity. And it's really exciting. I'm very, very excited about it. It's going to be, be good. And scholarships for LeaseCon, TurnCon as well? Hey, that might be next on the docket. So uh, we again, we're still evolving and growing. We're excited. And uh, you know, so finally, I think the biggest question in regards to Roadmap for W Collective is, and Erica's heard this just as much as me, is how do I get involved, right? So how can I participate in any way? And we've heard this from supplier partners. We've heard this from people at the community level, at the corporate level. So Erica, do you want to talk a little bit more about what we're doing on the quarterly calls coming in 2023? 
Yes, I'm really excited about that. So one of the another one of the roadmap items that we are having is starting March 22nd, we are going to start offering quarterly calls. And that's going to entail whether it's a lunch and learn or FaceTime with one of our strategic board members, really just giving that FaceTime and that one on one interaction with those that are interested in being part of the W Collective. So just giving those resources that we talked about, and it's a lot of content that's curated for women by women. Mm -hmm. So we're going to offer those quarterly calls starting March 22nd. So it's going to be good. Awesome. Very excited. And also allies welcome. We'll talk about this at least kind of again today too, but we want this to be not only women, we want this to be the allies in the space because what Eric and I have seen is that when change happens in this industry, it happens collectively. And so we want allies to be with us in this journey and to talk about how we can work together to make a better life for women in our space. And that was always our thought too. When we launched this initiative, we did not want this to be without being in step with our allies and with our yeah. with our partners, supplier partners, all of that. We really wanted this to be a collective effort. So, And I'm glad you guys have been vocal about that because a few years prior to this, this past interface, there has been a women's group coming together and meeting before everything kicks off. And as a male, it was just, okay, that's their thing, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But to be in that room this year and to hear the stories and to get that perspective, I think is just, I don't know if it's happening in other industries or not, but it, it has an impact. It's, yeah. It's got a real impact in, in this industry for sure. So other than the website coming right now, everything is with the LinkedIn group. Yes. So everything's through LinkedIn at the moment. So right now we've gotten some resources on there, but you can reach out to each of us, one of our board members, one of the strategic sponsors as well. But right now everything's through LinkedIn until we launch that. And so we're going to have an announcement on the LinkedIn group that will point you to our website once it's launched and we'll have a contact form on the website. We'll have all that to where you can connect directly with us. We'll have a calendar on there. We'll have our mentorship options on there as well. But right now everything's through LinkedIn as well. And we'll, we can tag that. Fantastic. And, and I, I did try because the first time I couldn't get close enough to the stage to get the QR code. And then when I would search it, it, it just wouldn't come up. But it is finally, when I search it now, it is finally coming up. So, um, I got so it. Definitely I posted check. it to SHI Connect. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Greta. <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much. Is, is there anything else you want to leave our audience with to, to think about? You know, I'll say just for the women in the space and our allies as well, let's think about what we can do in the coming years. Like we have seen over these past few months, the incredible movement our industry has made. It makes me proud to be a part of student housing. So I would say, keep those thoughts moving. We're, we're going to talk about it today, but we want to hear what women need to be successful in the space. What barriers do we need to break down for them to be the people they want to be in their careers? And so keep that on your minds. And if, if you do have something that's really important to you, please reach out to some of the board strategic advisors. Again, that's, uh, we have Erica White, we have myself, Whitney Kidd, we have Ashley Poyer, we have Jasmine Harris, we have Lindsay Brown on the board, all fantastic women, Kayla with Agency 53. Jane so Cassidy with Jane I mean, it's just, this group is incredible. So if you ever need anything, if you ever are reaching a, a hard point in your career where you just need another woman to kind of support you, please reach out to us. We're going to do a lot of things with the W Collective and, and could not be more excited for all the support that we've seen. Well, I'm excited to to hear your panel this afternoon and um we'll see you in may awesome see you in may thanks so much. <laughs> thanks actually everybody. i guess it's april this year though isn't it oh I yeah, guess it so. is. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. interface is in april this, april year. this year back on back on hot. track yeah yeah it's yeah it was it hot last time too bad but it was hot it, it's austin so yeah all right thanks guys awesome <laughs> thank, thank you, you. <laughs> 
Well, again, big thanks to Whitney and Erica for spending that time with us and allowing us to bring that story to you guys. If you want more information, obviously the LinkedIn group is probably the best place to go at this point. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So coming up for January, got any special plans in 2023? No, I don't plan that far ahead. (laughs) It's only like two or three weeks away, but yeah, sure. Um, Well, we've got a couple of things that we're working on here. One, we've got a new group of ambassadors that we are going to be selecting. So if that is something that you would like to be a student housing insight ambassador, please send me an email. Again, I'll put a link in the show notes for that, but send me an email and I'll get you the the application and the information for that. Also, the next shop talk will be January 12th. We've surveyed both on LinkedIn and a couple other places. I think centralization is going to be the topic that we're going to focus on, as well as we're kind of teeing up everything for a big DEI discussion in February. So so that's a little bit of an outlook on what's happening in the next couple of months with shop talk. Also, if anybody's going out to IMN, 360, Student Housing 360, I think is what they call it. That's a new conference. It started about three years ago and is happening in Dana Point. We've got some information on our website about that. And also there is a discount that IMN has given to us for our audience. If you'll just put in Insight 15, again, that's Insight 15, you will get 15% off the standard registration. They do give a a very hefty, hefty discount for folks that are part of ownership and development firms. So if you try to go in, I had a couple of people that emailed me, said, hey, we're using this and it's not giving us the 15% and um, it doesn't work for, you know, if you're an owner or a developer, um, you guys already have a discount built in. So no double discounts. That is out there. Again, we'll put a link there is i wanted to make sure told everybody because there's another conference that's been gaining some traction um that stafford barrett and greg jasper out of college station texas they've been doing the past couple years the texas student housing conference i reached out to greg to you know find out if there was a date for it or anything in february and uh, just because of some issues with the hotel space and everything they are now looking to do that in the fall so be on the lookout for that, but just wanted everybody to know that that will not be happening in February as it has the past couple of years. And we've got dates that have been announced for interface. I know that was, that was intense. I was like, Oh, we're already doing that. Okay. Yeah. And it's one of those things. I mean, if you don't get on it early, especially with the hotel, I know clock, you, you, you're going to lose you don't get to be at the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe that is April 4th through 6th. Of course, we'll have Rich on at some point in time to talk about what's going to be happening at that. I know there's a lot of folks that are kind of upset that it's that week because it's right in the middle of a Jewish holiday. I'm sure the interface, if they could have fixed that, they would have. But it won't be as hot. Not that that really makes up for it being in the middle of a Jewish yeah, holiday. May, may was a little bit more warm than what it has been <laughs> in the past with having this in, in April. But yeah, hope everybody can make it out there. And anything else? No. Well, fantastic. Guys, have a happy new year. Have a Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah and any other holidays that you 
celebrate during this time. May or may not be celebrating right now. (laughs) All the things. But more than anything, I hope that all of you just have a restful time and able to kind of reconnect with family and friends. And we'll take care of getting everything leased up come January. Rest. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Greta, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.